0: hello
1: welcome back everyone
0: (laughs) it's stacy and pete with the we don't want to grow up podcast
1: so we had a vacation day yesterday
0: Yes, Pete took the week off. Yeah. And we we don't have a pool yet. So we have cooled down our hot tub <laughs> <laughs> to a tolerable degree in the summer heat.
1: Yeah, we set it to 90-ish.
0: 90-ish. And we just hung out in the hot tub. We had the lights on. We have some fun like bistro lights hanging across our yard and then had the TV out there and binged Love Island, UK, isn't it?
1: Season eight, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been up to. It was a good time. And in social media, a fun post that I shared this week was actually, it's footage that I've had, obviously, since 1997. Right. And I've known since we started this and I've like gone back through all the stuff that I have that this is gold, right? It's nostalgia gold but I didn't share it for the longest time. Like we've been doing this for a year and a half now. Right. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by how I look in the video. I think you look cute. But listen, I was on a youth group trip. We were going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I was with a bunch of my friends and back then (laughs) I thought that it, it would show that I was cute and fun and a little quirky to put my hair up in like space buns. Okay. You know, or like pigtails, but like, wrapped up little Leia-ish, but on the top of your head, you know. But then like my hair was so short and layered because I had like the Rachel that like pieces of my hair fell down. So it just didn't look cute. And I had heavy bangs that just hung down, you know, and my hair was really dark and I just feel like I'm just really pale and I'm wearing this bright orange pullover. It's probably from The Gap. (laughs) (laughs) And I just don't, I don't know. It's just not the most flattering video of myself.
1: Well, looking at it from a different angle, I love your hair. I love how pale you are, and I think you look very cute. Thank you.
0: Anyway, I decided to put my vanity aside and share this video. It starts where I'm getting a drink out of the soda machine, and I say that we're going to try this brand new drink. Also, my southern accent is out in full force. Yes,
1: yeah, so I don't comment all that often on social media, right? You're the active one. I'll do things occasionally, but somebody went on there after hearing the accents and said something about
0: what backcountry are they? What backwoods
1: are these people from? And so this was on
0: TikTok, by the way. It's a little less of a close community, and I say that even though we have more followers on Instagram, but I feel like more people on Instagram know who the people behind the account are and listen to our podcast and all of that. Where TikTok is just random. People that may not even follow us that just happened to see our video. But yeah, you spoke up. You defended me.
1: I did. I just said, you know, that's not very nice. And she's like, well, I didn't mean it that way. I'm like, well, maybe you should think about what you're posting before you post it. Don't be mean. (laughs) That's not what I said, but that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. You told me not to say anything else.
0: I did. I'm like, just leave it. You know, I am from where I'm from. You exactly. know, I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm, I am you know, I am who I am. And an accent doesn't define who you are. Right. You know what I mean? It just defines where you're from.
1: It is no indication of intelligence.
0: Exactly. So anyway, it's just funny, too, because I just don't sound like that at all anymore. No, you don't. So it's pretty funny. So you have to scroll back a little bit and find it if you haven't seen it. But this new drink that, <laughs> that I got that we are trying was Surge. Do you remember Surge?
1: Absolutely. And I remember, I think the first time I had it too, like it blew my mind because I'd been drinking Mountain Dew for so long.
0: Right. You it, expected it to almost taste like Mountain Dew, right? but it didn't. It was did not sweeter.
1: It was. It was just a, a wholly different flavor. And I was just like, yeah, I like this.
0: It felt like the first energy drink or something mm-hmm. because it was supposed to have even more caffeine than Mountain Dew. Like it was supposed to be a, not an alternative, but a- It's
1: like the successor to Jolt.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the video, I try it and then I pass it around to several other people in the van, in the church van. Yes. And I did not like it.
1: You didn't like it in the video?
0: No. I was the one who was just like, I don't like it. And then everybody else tried it. A few people liked it. A few people didn't. But the consensus was that it tasted like they described it as a grapefruit sun kissed.
1: Yes. Yeah, it was very Jeremy much
0: described it that way.
1: Right. There was a specific soda that was like a grapefruit soda that I, I can like see the packaging for. What was that?
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't like grapefruit. So, yeah, I mean, I like grapefruit, the fruit like I'll eat that, but I don't like grapefruit flavored things.
1: Was it kind of unlike the mellow yellow spectrum? I can't remember.
0: Maybe. I'm not sure. But
1: side note, Mellow Yellow was the first soda I ever bought out of a soda machine. And I can still remember buying it.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I've got that like personal video stuck in my head. I can see like the old school. Yeah. Mellow Yellow button. I think it was, it was either five cents or 25 cents. I can't remember. There was a five in it. Mm -hmm. And that was the first soda. And it was like buying magic. Like it was incredible. Like when the can came out, And this was my can that I just bought.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like it lasted like seven years, but it probably was like seven minutes. But it was pure, (laughs) absolute magic.
0: I love that. (laughs) I remember, you know, we obviously had a soda machine at school and like an elementary school. And Fridays was the day that we could go and buy a soda. Mm -hmm. Of course, we we called them all Coke. In the South, it was at least in my circle, everything was a Coke.
1: Yes, that's very common. Even though
0: if it was Dr. Pepper, if it was Mountain Dew, whatever it was, what kind of Coke you want?
1: Right. I remember making fun of quite a few people when I came down here Uh because I was so progressive as a northerner who said pop.
0: Yes. You don't call it pop now. I say soda now. And I think that changed for me when I moved to like to Orlando or whatever.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I switched from pop to soda, but I think it was because I got made fun of for calling it pop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're such people pleasers. We are. Also, why I do remember as a kid, because we would play categories in the pool Mm -hmm. where like one person was on one side and the rest of the group was on the other. And you would pick a category and we would say like soft drinks. Why is it called soft drinks?
1: A soft drink. Maybe because it's not a hard drink like a liquor hard drink.
0: Oh. I've never
1: thought about this before and I do not know that that's the answer. That's the first place that my mind goes through.
0: We could Google that right now, but we won't. Yeah, we'll put it we'll, out there for- We'll leave for, it out there. Yeah. yeah, if anybody knows, let us know. But anyway, yes, with categories, then you'd have to go underwater or turn around, hold your ears. Of course, you'd probably cheat if you did that. So typically we make people go underwater. Yes. And then the group would all pick one. Nobody could pick the same one. And then they'd say, ready. And then the person that was it had to guess- And then if they guessed yours, you'd just take off and you'd have to race. And then the other people would say who beat the other person.
1: Where would you race to?
0: The opposite end. Like you'd be on one side of the shallow end and they'd be on the other side of the shallow end.
1: And you'd race across the shallow end. Yeah. Ah, okay. I've never played this game before. That
0: was one of my favorite games to play in the pool. It
1: sounds like a lot of fun.
0: We'll play it next time we're at my mom's house. Okay. But anyway, so trying Surge. And then, okay, so I didn't like it initially, but I grew to like it. And there was something about it, I think, because we thought it had more caffeine that we felt like it was like, because, you know, people, you know, like the Will Ferrell. I'm going to get all hopped up on Mountain Dew. I don't know if that's him or a kid that's in that movie.
1: Yeah, I can't remember either.
0: What's the name of that movie? The Ricky Bobby movie.
1: Oh, Talladega Nights. Yes.
0: I think one of the kids.
1: It sounds like something one of the kids would have said. Yeah.
0: That's how you felt. You know, it's like that was before the days of us getting wrecked. Yes. <laughs> on hard liquor. Right. We get we get wrecked on the soft drinks. Hopped
1: up. All hopped up on that caffeine.
0: That's right. And so we would do that for like slumber parties and things like that. Because so you could stay up longer. And then that's what made me laugh so much when we watched PIM 15 and they had a slumber party. And I think it was Maya like holding up a big two liter of surge. Yes. She's like, I got surge. <laughs> it was so exciting. Exciting.
1: That is good time. So
0: anyway, it's a fun little video. It is. It's a very much a time capsule, and you should go check it out.
1: Okay, is it time for show and tell this week?
0: It is, and coming to the front of the class, we have Heather Thorne.
1: She was born in 1983.
0: So she's 38. 38 years old. Our favorite 80s movie, We've got a few. We've got The Dark Crystal, The Secret of NIMH, Dead Poets Society, The Anne of Green Gables miniseries, and Better Off Dead.
1: I can remember being devastated by the secret of Nim. Yeah. Favorite 80s song from Richard Marks, Right Here Waiting. Wherever you go,
0: whatever you do, I will be
1: right here. Such a good one. Yes.
0: Favorite 90s movie, What Dreams May Come, and Goodfellas.
1: Samesies. Great movies. Favorite 90s song from Dave Matthews' band, Crash.
0: Come crash come into... You know I love this one.
1: Yes, that's right up your alley.
0: Fellow Dave lover here. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows? David the Gnome, Fred Penner's Place, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? I almost said all cozy shows, but I guess Are You Afraid of the Dark is not exactly cozy.
1: No, and I only know 33% of those.
0: <laughs> the other two, the first two are very, very cozy shows. Are they? Yeah.
1: Toy I loved most as a child. Couple here, My Little Ponies, Barbie Camper, very yes. specific. Yes, Very good toy. Precious Places Doll Houses. Magical. And American Girl Dolls. She had Samantha.
0: Very nice. A game or book that she loved. She said, My friends and I loved playing games on Sega Genesis. We would take turns playing Sonic the Hedgehog, Echo the Dolphin, and James Bond 007.
1: Favorite place at the mall. Okay, she's got a good list. Claire's, Sam Goody, the Hallmark store, and a couple of times, my parents took me to Seattle to FAO Schwartz. Felt like she was in the movie Big. That's the first time we've had anybody mention FAO Schwartz. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, I never got to go, but I always wanted to go, obviously, because of the movie.
1: I don't know if I ever went. It feels like I did, but I can't say that with 100% certainty. I probably went. That was pretty bougie on the weekends.
0: <laughs> 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 what, the one in New York City?
1: Uh, maybe that is when I went.
0: I want to say that they got one in Orlando at like Point Orlando or yeah, I think that's where it was. Did you go? Yes, but that was as an adult.
1: Mm, Magic was gone by that point? Never. Mm.
0: I don't want to grow up. Remember? That's true. Name of this podcast. Any other fond memories? She said, meeting my husband in sixth grade in 1995 and then re-meeting him in 2005 and starting our relationship. I remember the night we remet. met He was wearing a puka shell, choker, and Doc Martin sandals.
1: It's like Scott on the Babysitter's Club. Just absolutely irresistible. Uh, <laughs> Come over to our Patreon if you want to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, sorry. We just finished reading another chapter of Boy Crazy Stacy for our Patreon and Pete's in the zone. <laughs>
1: I'm in the zone.
0: <laughs> but I love that, that they went to school together and then they reconnected. You and I know that story all too well. Yes, we do. And that's it for Heather's show and tell. Thank you so much, Heather.
1: Yeah, thank you, Heather.
0: If you'd like to participate in our show and tell segment, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com and we'll send you a questionnaire to fill out.
1: Also, if you'd like to dive into even more nostalgia, you can come to any of our social media pages for lots more.
0: We're on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod.
1: We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up.
0: We have a Facebook group called The Cozy Club-Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up that you can join. Just answer a few questions and come meet some fellow nostalgia lovers.
1: And if you'd like access to exclusive bonus episodes, early access to some regular episodes, or if you'd just like to throw a little extra support our way, you can become a member of our Patreon by going over to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up.
0: And if you enjoy the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and write us a nice little review if you have something nice to say. Not only does it help us out, but it's also encouraging to hear from you all.
1: It's very encouraging.
0: It doesn't take long to just hit the five stars, say a little something nice, if you like us. If you don't, why are you listening? I'm just (laughs) kidding.
1: All right, what season is it? It's
0: wedding season, kid. That's right. We are doing the comedy from 2005. One of my faves, Wedding Crashers.
1: What a movie this is.
0: I love it so much.
1: My list of favorite stuff was very long, but still not as long as yours. I feel like neither of us stopped writing the entire movie.
0: (gasps) I know, and I had to leave a lot of stuff out when I actually sat down to like yes. make the outline. I was like, okay, you can't quote the entire the movie The entire here.
1: movie, right. <laughs> <laughs> so this was directed by David Dobkin and written by Steve Faber and Bob Fisher.
0: So John and Jeremy are divorced mediators in Washington, D.C., who crash weddings to meet and hook up with women. Just when they think this year's wedding season is over, they find out about the wedding of the U.S. Secretary of Treasury's daughter. And it's the wedding that changes their lives forever. 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 No. Forever. forever. I'll be so happy <laughs> you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> a little Full House <laughs> moment. <laughs> what else do you need in the middle of a wedding crasher's exactly. podcast episode?
1: Wait, that was from the wedding episode of Full House, wasn't right it? I know. That's why See, I did it. That's why it really it.
0: ties in together. <laughs>
1: All right, the cast. None other than Owen Wilson as John Beckwith.
0: Vince Vaughn as Jeremy Gray.
1: My favorite, Christopher Walken as U.S. Secretary of State William Cleary. The best. Yes.
0: Rachel McAdams as Claire Cleary. That's such a hard name to say. Claire Cleary. Claire Cleary.
1: <laughs> Isla Fisher as Gloria Cleary.
0: Jane Seymour as Kathleen Cleary, but you can call her Cat. Cat. Kitty, cat.
1: All right, here we go on this one. Ellen Albertini Dow as Grandma Mary Cleary, who passed away in 2015 at the age of 101.
0: Wow. Yeah. What a great actress, though. Yes. We'll talk about her a little bit more later, but I have to say that, I mean, she's been in a lot of movies, but I think my favorite is when she performs Rapper's Delight in (laughs) The Wedding Singer. I said hip hop. A to the hip to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang, bang Say, up jump the to the, of the <laughs> So good. Keir O'Donnell as Todd Cleary.
1: Bradley Cooper as Sack Lodge. Sack! Sack!
0: <laughs> Henry Gibson as Father O'Neill. And he passed away in 2009, so not much longer after they did this. And he was 73.
1: Way too early. Yeah. Jenny Alden as Christina Cleary.
0: Who had like zero lines. Right. It's funny that they even credited her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, one of the greatest uncredited roles of all time, Will Ferrell as Chaz Reinhold.
1: <laughs> so fun facts brought to you this week by Wikipedia, IMDb, and an article on mental floss by Roger Cormier.
0: Thanks, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> Raj. <laughs> So the idea for this movie actually came when Andrew Panay, who was the co-producer, received an invitation to a friend's wedding, triggering memories of his college days when he and his friends used to crash weddings. They actually did this. They did it. So then he consulted the screenwriting team of Steve Faber and Bob Fisher to come up with a story. And I guess they had doubts, but they decided to add female love interests that were born into a political family which was inspired by their dream of marrying a girl from the Kennedy family when they were young boys.
1: This is amazing.
0: I know. (laughs) Like, it all ties in perfectly.
1: Yes, it does.
0: And it's such a unique movie.
1: Seriously. But to know that it's like... Based on almost all reality. Who like knew? Who could crash weddings like that with that level of confidence?
0: Now, I'm sure that this guy and his buddies did not achieve the level.
1: I guarantee you they were <laughs> up there in the cake, smashing it in like the groom's face and stuff like that. There is no way they just made that up.
0: I need to know, actually. I need to know the real story behind the story.
1: Ditto. And of course, this movie became an immediate hit. It had a budget of $40 million. It grossed thirty dollars in its first weekend, opening at number two behind Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It eventually grossed over $209 million domestically, narrowly outgrossing the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie.
0: Huh, take that, Charlie Boom. and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> so
1: sorry, Johnny Depp. <laughs>
0: I saw both of them in the theater, but I saw Wedding Crushers a lot.
1: Did you in the theater?
0: Yes. You know, I always talk about on here how I've seen like, you can name them. Name them for me right now, the movies I've, I've seen a lot of.
1: I know you've seen Titanic. hmm You've seen, oh, what other ones did you loop? Hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm thinking, what's it called? Um, Twilight. Yeah. Uh, what else did you loop? You probably, eh, I don't remember.
0: Another name. Leo movie.
1: Oh, Um it would have been Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Those were your loopers?
0: They were. But actually, when I think about it, Wedding Crashers might top them all.
1: Wedding Crashers?
0: It's up there with having seen it the most in the theater.
1: Now, did you have like a cheap theater that you'd go to or are you paying seven bucks each time?
0: Uh, no. I mean, we were going to like...
1: Normal, same theater every time?
0: Downtown Disney and CityWalk. And then even one time I was with a friend in Chicago actually looking for Vince Vaughn yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because he was filming the breakup at the time. Was he? But I was I actually have a picture of me next to a wedding crashers sign on the streets of Chicago. Uh And they were like on all the buses that went by and everything because it was in the theaters then. And we went and saw it again for like the 10th time (laughs) in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, spared no expense to go see that movie. I loved it so much. And luckily, so did my friend. (laughs) So we went a lot.
1: I probably saw it once in the theater. So, you know, pretty close.
0: I have like merch. I don't know how. Somehow I have like I have a football that says (laughs) Wedding Crashers on it. I have um, like a shirt. It has a Wedding Crashers quote on it. I have it all in a bin in the nostalgia room like to be put on shelves once we get to it. So do you? When I go through it all, I'll have to take pictures and share. But I was, yeah, very into, I mean, uh, as people know, if they listen to our podcast, I was very into Vince Vaughn at the time. And yeah, big fan.
1: Well, listen, when you like things, you dive head first.
0: (laughs) I really like that. Into
1: the deep end of those things.
0: (laughs) And I mean, this movie makes me laugh. It still makes me laugh. I love it so much. And I'm not as into Vince Vaughn these days, but Mm. I still appreciate his work. So back on track. So we know the movie is set in like D.C. and Maryland area, but it was originally supposed to be set in Boston and Cape Cod. But Peter Abrams knew that it would be too cold to shoot in Boston and Cape Cod in March and April. So that's when director David Dobkin suggested D.C. where he grew up. And he added some moments from his earlier days into the movie. He said, quote, many times in my youth, I sat on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, finishing off a long night with a bottle of champagne or wine as the sun was about to rise over the Washington Monument. Really? Yeah, I I love that. Yeah. Because I love those moments in the movie when they do that. And it's just fun to think of people actually doing it.
1: I wonder if you could get away with that nowadays.
0: Oh, I bet not.
1: I bet not. (laughs) Maybe you could, though. Who knows?
0: Maybe. That's also one of my favorite things that I didn't list because I took things off and I'm just going to throw it in right here. I love when Owen, nope, John, is looking to kind of stop wedding crashing. Right. And Jeremy's like, oh, come on, you know, we're going to look back like just a couple of kids running around. And Owen, Owen, I keep saying their real names. And John's like, we're not that young. <laughs> and then at the end, you have... Claire saying that same thing back to John.
1: Right. Well, you're, you're not that young. You're not that young. <laughs> <laughs> so on April 24th, 2006, Wedding Crashers topped the nominations for the year's MTV Movie Awards with five, including Best Movie. It won Best Movie. It won Best On Screen Team, Vaughn and Wilson, and Breakthrough Performance by Isla Fisher. So it cleaned up. It sure th- did. At least at the MTV Movie Awards.
0: I remember that, too. And they weren't the only ones to be recognized for their work. Bradley Cooper was mentioned in the August 2006 issue of GQ as one of the top 12 movie dicks. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect because Sack is a D.A.
1: He really is. And well done by Bradley Cooper to branch out from that role and do anything other than that, because he was so perfect at it. He almost probably got typecast.
0: Well, no, actually, I read that he was saying this role changed his career because before this, because people knew him as a nice guy, I guess he was on Alias. I didn't watch Alias, Neither. but I guess his character on Alias was really nice. Ah. And so people wouldn't hire him for roles where he had to be not a nice guy until this movie. So, so then who knows? It was probably like, well, it, it was it probably helped him because it showed that he had range.
1: Which he does. I, I for really sure, enjoy it. Obviously. Yeah. Jane Seymour wanted the part of Kathleen so much saying the script was the funniest thing she had ever read that she auditioned for the first time in 30 years to win the part over the likes of Raquel Welch. Seymour, who was 54 at the time, also took part in her first ever topless scene for the movie, (laughs) which is an incredible scene.
0: It is. I was reading how uncomfortable Owen was filming that scene, that he had a really difficult time getting through it. (laughs) He did not want to touch her boobs. And she was like, just touch them. (laughs) Much like the scene.
1: (laughs) Much like the scene. Not a lot of acting going on there.
0: Right. (laughs) So they actually hired a real wedding planner, Loveland Vanderhorst. That's a name. Wow. As a technical advisor to just make sure that everything was accurate as far as weddings go. Right. And she also admitted in the movie's official production notes how hard it was to actually stop people from crashing real weddings. She said, quote, the hard part for me is usually a client will say, I don't know who that person is. Can you find out? Really? And usually they're not invited and I have to ask them to leave. But at one wedding, it ended up being the groom's uncle. Oh, wow. And the bride was really embarrassed Wow! because she didn't know Mm -hmm. who he was. So she said, that's why I hate to admit it, but it wouldn't be as hard as you think to crash a wedding. And now I want to know, have you ever crashed a wedding?
1: Oh, no, no. No.
0: Okay. Have you? (laughs) Well, kind of. Kind of. I mean, I knew the people. I was related to the people. It was a cousin, yeah, but not like a close cousin. And I wasn't invited.
1: You weren't invited.
0: But my parents were. Okay. So I think it was just kind of they were trying to keep it small. So yeah. they like invited just the parents because my sister wasn't invited either. To be fair, I didn't invite them to ours. But they did get married before we did. But anyway, my mom had, you know, a plus one. Obviously, I, I believe this is when my dad was sick. Okay. And I was home visiting. And so I just went with her. Did you? And most, mostly I went because it was... Um, I thought it might be kind of an entertaining wedding, and I was not wrong. That's oh, all I will say about that. I
1: feel like you have told me about this wedding. Yes. You have.
0: And a bunch <laughs> of my friends and other family members were going to be there, and they were all like, You should come.
1: Now, you've never gone to somebody's wedding. You've never crashed somebody's wedding that you just didn't know.
0: No, I have not. Done that. Okay.
1: <laughs> we should do that sometime and I don't report know. back.
0: I would be so nervous. Did anybody crash our wedding?
1: I mean, listen, up to a certain point, I could tell you yes or no. (laughs) Up to a certain point, I did not see anyone that I didn't recognize. After a certain point, I'm sorry, I don't remember.
0: Well, I mean, like I know a friend of mine, her sister ended up showing up towards the end, but she asked me first if she could come because she was in the area watching her daughter. And so I was like, yeah, just, you know, she can come on. We had already eaten and everything. There were things that happened at our wedding that I did not know about until much later.
1: Yes. But those weren't like people. No one knew.
0: Right. It's a little owning our party. (laughs) Yeah, I did. We did find out, though, that people like because we we did these um, late night snacks. Mm-hmm. For people to have like as we were leaving, and we did pretzels, <laughs> the pretzels like were supposed to be warm pretzels, and they were not warm anymore, no. and it was freezing outside, and I just think they couldn't keep them warm long enough to not then be crunchy,
1: yeah, when we say cold, it was twenty seven
0: yes, we it was in November, yes. typically, it's not that cold. Right.
1: The weekend before it was 70. Yes. Was so the low.
0: It shouldn't have been that way. Right. But listen, I'm just happy that it wasn't raining because that whole week it rained every day leading up to our wedding and then every day after. Yes. It just that day there was zero percent chance of rain, which is rare at any time of year for us to have zero percent chance.
1: Right. So. But if you ask my dad, of course, it was 27 <laughs> degrees. What else was the temperature going to be no. in November? It's just like, no, listen, this isn't New York. Dad, this is not New York. Right. This is Tennessee and the weekend before and the weekend after it was were about beautiful. 70. It was
0: mild, exactly wonderful weather.
1: So while we got lucky in that on the day of our wedding the skies were perfectly clear. Right. Absolute blue. It was just a little cold.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Or a lot cold.
0: Right. Some people were not happy about that. Yeah. But yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh but yeah, apparently there was a food fight and then there a was food fight. some drama because it didn't get cleaned up and Friends of ours had to stay after and clean it up. I did hear. I didn't know about that until way later. But where was
1: there a food fight?
0: In the driveway. In the
1: driveway, like
0: where we were leaving. People got in a food fight. Yeah, apparently. Who started the food fight? I don't know. I have guesses, but I don't know who.
1: Was it my brother?
0: (gasps) Probably. No, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. How was there
1: a food fight? People were throwing pretzels at each other?
0: I guess so. Probably
1: probably just because they were cold. Yeah, they weren't
0: warm anymore.
1: My pretzel was delicious (laughs) and I love pretzels. I think that was actually my request was pretzels.
0: We had a very messy wedding. We had that and then we had the confetti... But let yes. us uh, I, I can see us going into more wedding stories. Let's add a
1: little <laughs> wedding flavor into this. Come on. Let's talk about the confetti. Tell the confetti story. Oh, no. When, I bought a confetti cannon specifically for the wedding and had trouble getting it working. Right?
0: Yeah. And it was meant to go off at a specific time during a song and, and it didn't happen. And so then I was upset. But then it worked. I mean, it wasn't their fault. It just didn't work. But- we had a wonderful time at our wedding. We did. Just some people froze and some people didn't clean up after themselves. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> Apologies to anybody that had to stay after and clean up. That, Apologies that and night thank you. For the next day. And yes. Thank you.
1: I went the next day. I know you did. Well, you got your beauty sleep.
0: I didn't get beauty sleep, but I appreciate you letting me have some mental health care. Yes. While all of our friends and family and you were there cleaning up. I appreciate it. I really do.
1: Well, there was a big enough crew that we knocked that out relatively quickly, to be honest with you. It wasn't that much time.
0: I mean, looking back at it, I wish we had just hired people to do that so that nobody I, I didn't want anybody to we should have. be stressed like that. And I didn't think it was going to be like that. Yeah, but it happened. And I, I am very appreciative. But listen, that night. The night after our wedding was one of the most fun nights we had.
1: It absolutely was. Can I tell a quick story about the cleanup? Something that happened to me. Okay. So I had the bright idea, of course, to have a confetti cannon, which was amazing in the end.
0: It was. Once it went off, it was great. We got some great pictures.
1: We did. We did. Now, the confetti that we used, I thought I had ordered like paper confetti. It ended up being like a plastic-ish kind of confetti. So I also had the bright idea of using my leaf vacuum to vacuum up all the confetti. And I was probably 60% of the way through vacuuming all this confetti up. But the motor on the inside had gotten hot and it started melting the plastic (laughs) confetti so much that it seized the engine up.
0: (gasps) I don't even know if I know that.
1: I don't think I ever told you that. So I had to take the whole thing apart and like scrape plastic off of it so I could finish the job. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because, I mean, it was a lot of confetti, right? That kind of spilled out into the surrounding yard. So it was really hard to pick it up by hand.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that uh, that happened.
0: Wow. Wow. That is funny. I do remember hearing, too, that there were several things going on amongst our friends and family that were naughty. Naughty. Shouldn't have been going on. And just if you're listening, we know what you did.
1: We know what you did. Go ahead and tell us. (laughs) Whoever you are. Yes. We know. Just admit it. Okay. All right. So getting back to the movie, when Christopher Walken and Rachel McAdams are dancing at the engagement party, Walken kept saying fart to keep (laughs) McAdams smiling after dancing had become quite repetitive. (laughs) I love that. I love
0: it so much.
1: (laughs) Just Christopher Walken. Can you say
0: it in a Christopher Walken voice?
1: Fought. No, 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 it's not. Fought. (laughs) No, I I can't do a Christopher Walken. I can't. It's
0: so good, though. And the way you do do your head like him, too. I've got the
1: Christopher Walken head, but not the voice necessarily.
0: You can imagine. Yes. Okay. This I actually knew, and probably from listening to commentary back in the day, I bet, at the Italian wedding, the guy that's sitting next to Owen Wilson, who's laughing at the jabroni joke, was actually Owen Wilson's uncle.
1: Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's nice.
0: Both he and Vince are known to like put certain family members in. Like Vince's dad is in, a, I don't know if he's still around or not, but back in the day, he would put his dad in a lot of his would movies he? just that's randomly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Rachel McAdams reunited with several of her male co stars in future projects. She and Owen Wilson were in Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris, 2011, Vince Vaughn in the second season of HBO's True Detective, which is really good, 2014. She was with Bradley Cooper in Aloha, 2015, and Will Ferrell in Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, in 2020.
0: We haven't watched that one yet. We need to.
1: I thought they were like ice dancers or something.
0: No, I think he looks a lot like his character in Blades of Glory.
1: Oh, yeah. In the Eurovision yeah. movie. That's what I'm thinking of.
0: Euro- Eurovision is actually a real thing and it's based on that. Oh, really? Yes. Well, we so, got to watch it. I know. And lastly, the music video for the 2014 Maroon 5 song Sugar showed the band Crashing Real Life Weddings, which was inspired, of course, by Wedding Crashers, and it was directed by Wedding Crashers director David Dobkin.
1: Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that video.
0: I thought it was so fun. I love the video, too, and I had no idea that he had directed it. So that was a fun fact for me to find out.
1: So they really surprised yes. people Yes, can you in imagine?
0: Come on and crash my wedding, Adam Levine.
1: I honestly think some of those brides might have been upset.
0: Only if they were the bridesilliest, is that a word? That's not a word. The bridezilliest of brides. Yes. Because how would you ever be upset that a famous, popular music group would show up at your wedding and perform and you would be in their music video?
1: I'm picturing Sheena, <laughs> Sheena Shea from <laughs> Vanderpump Rules not being happy about her schedule being Adjust it.
0: You tell her she's in a Maroon 5 video and she's there for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. She probably would have been okay with it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that their manager had permission from someone.
1: Yes, they spoke to somebody.
0: Whether it was the mother of the bride or the groom or the wedding planner. Yeah, like somebody
1: was surprised and a lot of people knew.
0: Right. Like someone at the venue, they had to have known. Yeah,
1: you got to set up video cameras, you got to set up the audio, you got to get a stage, all this stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm sure just maybe the bride didn't know or the bride and groom didn't know. Yeah. And the the crowd. Like, what a great wedding to be at. Where it, You know, like, I've seen where, like, Bill Murray has crashed a wedding or Tom Hanks or somebody like that. And it's like, who would be pissed at that? Not me. Not me. Pretty fun.
1: Who would you be pissed at crashing your wedding?
0: Okay, hear me out. Remember the movie Weird Science? Mm Mm-hmm that uh gaggle of people coming in on motorcycles with their chains and whips and masks yes that break up the party
1: mine (laughs) would be chet from weird science
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me you were already thinking of chet
1: i was thinking of chet is
0: it chet after he's turned into his like when he's the booger monster he's the booger
1: monster (laughs) <laughs> or whatever he is. is he? I don't know if he's poop or boogers. He's one of the two.
0: You don't want him rolling in there. No. If I can't pick them, then it's your ex.
1: All <laughs> right. Okay, favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my first favorite moment.
0: Is actually also my first favorite moment.
1: It's a shared moment because we both had this moment written down before The movie started.
0: It's like as soon as it started, we both started typing on our phone like before anything had actually even happened. Yes. You know, the movie starts with this mediation between characters played by Rebecca DeMornay and Dwight Yoakam. Yes. And John and Jeremy are mediating. And the whole thing is hilarious and very quotable. I use a lot of those quotes still very often. But the most quotable of them all is... You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. So
1: funny. (laughs) I remember that in the theater. Yeah. I just remember that slapping me in the face with funny. Like what <laughs> what did she just say? I did like a double take.
0: <laughs> it's all so good. I mean, you're flying to Denver to meet your whore <laughs> like all of it. <laughs> it's so just the comedy that went into this tiny scene that you totally forget by the time it ends yes. because then you're following John and Jeremy into their whole wedding crashing thing. You forget about this scene. But when it's over, you still remember.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you
0: shut your mouth when you're talking you to me. You shut
1: your mouth when you're talking to me.
0: Also, though, of note is when they're talking about like what it was like when they were young and they got married and they're talking about their wedding and like what it must have been like with the food and the dancing. And everybody's singing shout and they're like, hey, hey uh, uh, you know, jump up and shout now. jump up, And they're both going and. Rebecca and Dwight are just looking at each other like... Like,
1: what, what are they doing? Like, can we get on with this, please?
0: <laughs> but it does disarm them and they work it out.
1: They do work it out. They decide he can have the miles. No, she can have the miles. Like, it creates... If you want to throw some at John and Jeremy,
0: that's fine that's too. Right. That's right. <laughs> Great way to open a movie.
1: Absolutely. With a bang. <laughs> so my first favorite moment after our shared favorite moment, as you were just talking about the entire... Shout wedding montage.
0: I love that there was like a little play on, you know, they talk about it and then we see that play out in the wedding montage. Right. And I just have to say that I read that this was actually what they shot their first week of filming.
1: Did they really? All the
0: weddings. That
1: is so perfect. I love when they do stuff like that to like set the mood for filming. Right. Like, this is what we're doing.
0: I mean, nothing bonging more than like dancing together and having a good old time. You That's know? right.
1: I do remember, though, the nudity caught me off guard. The first time I watched this.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Like, you don't expect it. They're just throwing the women down on the bed, starting to kiss. And then all of a sudden, there's just boobs.
1: Right, because I can never predict, like, when it's coming. You probably can, right? Because you've seen it so many times. Yeah. I haven't seen this quite as many times as you, but...
0: I can't believe you can't predict when the boobs come.
1: I, I know, I know. But it's like, <laughs> I feel like the version that we have now is like the unrated version. So it, it could be a little extended it or is ex- off.
0: It is extended, but they still showed it in the theater. Yes, but just but not as many.
1: Not quite as many, yes. But it definitely was not expected. I was just like, oh, this is like a normal, you know, wedding shout scene. And all of a sudden it's boobs, boobs, <laughs> boobs. Like, whoa, I didn't know we were going here, <laughs> but I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not complaining, but a little shocking.
1: But I do love all of the looks that we get at the various types of weddings, right? Yes. It makes me wonder, though, when this kind of plays into the movie, how many different types and formats of weddings are there? You know, it's like, did we just see all of them? Is that it?
0: <laughs> uh, no, for sure it's not it. I used to watch like all the wedding shows where you had all these different types of weddings. Yeah. I mean, they should have shown like a Harry Potter themed wedding. Oh,
1: and... it goes that deep.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: what about when this movie was made? Was there Harry Potter weddings?
0: Well, I don't know. When did Harry Potter come out?
1: Now you're putting me to the test. I'm going to say 2003. Ah, it's close. 2001.
0: Oh, so see, there could have been.
1: There could have been. I don't know if people were so eccentric back then, though, that they felt comfortable.
0: I think they were. I think think we we just didn't know about it. Okay. You know, nowadays with like Pinterest and TikTok and Instagram, like now we see it all. Right. And people put it in a pretty little package, you know, so you can see all the different kinds of weddings that people do. But yeah.
1: Right. Because when you think about it, like how many people do you know? I don't know. 150?
0: (laughs) I know more people than that.
1: Really know, though.
0: Oh, like really know.
1: Oh, let's say, you know, 800 people. Yes. Like you've met, you know, their names. You've met them for more than 10 seconds.
0: I will say. OK, can I say this? Yes. I just recently ugh, on my Facebook page, I don't get on my Facebook very much anymore because right. it just upsets me. Yes. But. I do like get on our Facebook group for we don't want to grow up, but I don't get on my personal page as much. But I did recently kind of do a little bit of a clean out and I noticed I was paying attention to when Facebook started, I, I just became friends with every single person that sent me an invite. Right. Every person that I have ever met in my life that went to my high school, elementary school that I met on a vacation somewhere that I met at a concert, you know, that sort of thing. And I just started thinking like, if I don't talk to them. Right. And if they are people that like don't engage with me. On the app and I don't see them in person. And you know what I mean? Like they don't even like like my posts and or sometimes I don't I don't even see posts from them. Right. You know, so I just started taking people off and it's no offense to anyone, but I just kind of want to gradually make my circle a little smaller.
1: So how big is the circle right now?
0: It started at like 900 something and it's down to I think it's either six or 700, but that's still a lot. And there still could be a lot more to go. Yeah. You know, I just I'm slowly doing it. But I also don't want to hurt anybody's feelings if right. they happen to notice. But it's not anything personal. Well, Some of it's personal, but <laughs> some of it is just I don't talk to them. And yes. I'm probably never going to see them again. You know,
1: my point in asking that was if there's 10 quirky people in your group of 750, it seems like a very small amount. Uh But when you extrapolate that number out, because it's probably the average or below average for in the population in general. Right. How many people will do eccentric things? There's a lot of eccentric people.
0: There are, there are so many. I was just talking about this the other day. Like you find out just people like collectors. Yes. Right. We barely, we've collected a little bit of toys that we had when we were kids, Mm -hmm. right? But there are people like I collected some, say... I don't know, uh, a Barbie, right? I've collected a couple of Barbies that I had as a kid in the box. There are people who have every Barbie that's ever been made. And probably
1: more than one person.
0: Yes. And well, there's tons of people that have it. And then also like the one in the box and then the one outside of the box and then all of their accessories and the cars and that, you know, and that's just one. That's just Barbie. There are small, like, niche things for hundreds of thousands of people everywhere.
1: Probably everything that's ever come out. Yes. (laughs) You know? Just look at, like,
0: Stranger Things fans. Yeah. Or people who love Star Wars or people who love My Little Pony, (laughs) the bronies. (laughs) -bronies. Uh, Pre-bronies. But... You know what I mean? Like, and people who love vintage furniture Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, there's just something for everyone. And I actually love that because what I love about that is that you can love something and like everybody, you know, in your circle could think you're a weirdo. Yes. But there are hundreds of thousands of people who love the same thing you love. And those people make you feel like you're not a weirdo.
1: Exactly. My thought process on that got started a couple of days ago when I think of people that are, for lack of a better term, like flat earthers, right? Like you might know like one in 50 people <laughs> that are flat earthers. But oh. when you extrapolate that number out. Across just the U.S. population, 350 million people. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do the quick math. I could, but I'm not going to. That's a lot of people. Yes. So it just goes to show you like any niche group, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. probably has a lot of people that feel the exact same way that they do.
0: Right. Well, same as us starting this podcast. Yes. Like there are a handful of people that we know and love that are supporters that let us know all the time, like that they listen to episodes or they share it with other people or whatever. And we love you. We love you. Thank you. And then there are the majority of people that probably, you know, not to put words in anyone's mouth, but probably think it's a little weird or lame or they don't oh, want that to hear know. about it. That we yes, know. Yes. Yes.
1: Plenty of those.
0: Plenty of those. Maybe it's even hurt some friendships that we've had. I don't know. But there are so many people that we've connected with through this. Yes. That love it. That love our podcast, but love nostalgia and just want to connect. Yeah, they and, feel
1: the exact same way that we do. Yeah.
0: And they get it. And they get that it's it's not just about being like a toy collector right. or loving video games or whatever it is. It's about like the feeling of it all. And I don't know. There's more to it. And there are people that get that and people that don't. And you just need to find your people. You to do. To be honest. Exactly. You can still be friends with those people that don't quite get you. That's OK.
1: That's totally fine. But you just won't engage and understand each other on this level.
0: Right. Because if they don't accept you for who you are, then right. mm. Mm. anyway, love mm. you. Love you. <laughs> Little tangent.
1: I feel like that was my fault. So if you didn't enjoy that, that's my bad. If you did enjoy it, you're welcome.
0: Back on track. Back, back on track. track. So there are a few moments here, but when they get back to the house after the wedding, which also is so bizarre to me that these super rich people had this daytime wedding that then they go back to their home for just a smaller group of people. And they're like playing football and stuff in the yard. And- Listen,
1: we cannot understand what rich people do. <laughs> I
0: okay? cannot. Because they
1: do this kind of stuff.
0: But it's like a black tie event. It is. And it must have been at like 11 o'clock in the morning or something. Right. Maybe people do do that. I just said doo do but doo do <laughs> it just blows my mind that it's not like a fancy nighttime wedding, but I'm sure there is like what
1: it is. I'm sure there's like some kind of precedence that they're following from like an etiquette standpoint, yes because I, I do know some rich people, right? Yeah and they do some odd things where I'm just like, <laughs> why are you doing that? That's so weird but but or, I always thought weird, that the but, formal
0: attire was yeah. for an evening wedding. So yeah, I'm a little confused. Here. I I don't know. I feel like even though I saw this movie so many times when it was in the theater, I, for some reason, remembered the section that takes place at the house being like the next day. I wasn't thinking about it being like the same, the day. same day as the right. wedding.
1: It did feel odd. Let's get back on track. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Erroneous. Erroneous. Erroneous on all parts. <laughs> 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 so the football. There's a few things when they're playing football. First of all, the outfits mm. that John and Jeremy are given to change into. Specifically, Jeremy's not quite plaid, but I, mean, I don't it's know a what golf call them. It looks like a golf outfit. It's a
1: golfing outfit.
0: The very loud pants yeah. with the pastels and the sweater vest over like a collared button down <laughs> yes. shirt is amazing. But also like when they're all playing and then you've got like the cousins or brothers or whatever, they're like, crab cakes and football. That's what Marilyn does. <laughs> And then they're like, Oh, what do you call that? A sack lunch. At one point, they're like, that's a sack lunch because of sack. Oh. Is the name of Bradley Cooper's character. I wonder if that's
1: after he blasts Jeremy, but.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, num, 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 (laughs) num. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom num, 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 (laughs) num. And then when Christopher Walken's character, Treasurer Cleary, whatever his name is. Isn't um, he the Secretary of State? Secretary of. Mr. Secretary. Secretary Cleary says to Todd, (laughs) who's like painting always and he's like Todd wouldn't
1: kill you. you play some competitive sports once in a
0: while would it? and then Todd's like oh, would that make you love me <laughs> <laughs> it's just all so random but it makes me laugh so much and then of course when like Owen is just being all like no and John is being lighthearted and funny about everything while Jeremy's you know being beat up and stressed out about everything
1: well Jeremy's like a high-level player he played in college Right. But then he is getting his ass kicked.
0: But he's also like six foot five and probably like 250 pounds or something. I don't know how much. And then Bradley Cooper is tearing you up.
1: And it's not my turn, but it leads perfectly into my next moment of Bradley Cooper, sack, absolutely going ham all over him in everything that he's doing. Like it starts out with his warmups. You see him on the ground, like warming his calves up, warming his quads up. But he's got – this always cracked me up because this is when you know somebody's overplaying unless they're really good, right? When somebody is playing at the cornerback position in football and they're doing like, I don't know if you notice it, like that low stance. Have you ever noticed when Sack is doing that where he's like bent all the way down, his arms are like near the ground?
0: I mean, I noticed it, but I, I don't know. any I don't know the difference.
1: So that's something that like Deion Sanders would do, who's like uh, the, the best cornerback yeah. ever, right? But he's doing that, which is hilarious. And then he is completely blowing Jeremy up on every single occasion when they're playing touch football and he is absolutely absolutely destroying him i mean he fully earns his top 12 movie dick role <laughs> award just for the football scene alone
0: I just hear jeremy being like i can't breathe <laughs> and claire's like your, your brother he's down again and what, you know what, what he's like what, what is, what's what is he doing what's the matter with you <laughs> but then also when john is trying to impress claire and he's like going to do the next play how do you say it? like call the next play yes and he's like
1: hey jeremy Red Moondog, 7-11, 30 one,
0: two. let Oh, this makes me laugh so
1: much. All right, next up for me, Player's Amazingly Awkward Toast. They really portrayed a super awkward toast very well. Yeah, they did. And John tried to warn her, but she would not listen. You could cut that awkwardness with a knife.
0: Yeah. So she read this to John before and he was like, you know, that's where he was trying to talk her out of it or whatever. But I love how even after she insults them by saying, like, I never knew that there was another person that cared so much about what people think until I met Craig or whatever. Then when she's like, that's not the only thing they have in common. They both like the color green, like Craig's eyes and money. (laughs) (laughs) Again, crickets chirping.
1: Everybody's just staring at her and she's expecting a laugh.
0: Did not happen. It
1: is an amazing toast. It's so funny. <laughs>
0: Our toasts were done very well.
1: They were like people laughed. Yes, at both of them.
0: Oh yeah, your best man Josh and and my sister, my matron of honor Kelly. Yes, they, they both did a good job. It was a good mix of comedy and emotion.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Made me tear up a little. Mm-hmm. Made me laugh. It's good times.
1: It was well done.
0: They did a very good job. They did. And it was perfect, too, because we both had you had two best men. Your brother, Brandon, was also your best man. And then my best friend, Sarah, was my maid of honor. But neither of them wanted to speak. You know, they're they're just not public speakers, which
1: I get like. Uh, Absolutely. I've only been a best man once and I had to give a little speech in front of a few people. Now, I was younger, right? I think I was like 18 or 19, Mm. but I was very, very uncomfortable.
0: Right. So like, I get it. I was maid of honor in my sister's wedding, but her best friend and like lifelong friend, yes, Amy was her matron of honor. That's what helps when one one of the people is married, uh, so you can have two. Oh,
1: is that the difference? It's like
0: matron of honor and maid of honor. Oh, okay. And Amy, you know, was much more of a public speaker type right. person, so right. she did the speech, <laughs> and I was just standing there like, hey. She also like helped plan all of the stuff. Oh, you I didn't was, plan at I that point? I was
1: 19. Oh, uh, yeah. You're too young at that point.
0: Yeah. So she planned like the bachelorette party and all that stuff. This is probably the thing I quote the most. The most. In life. It is when our favorite stage five clinger Gloria is in the bathroom with Jeremy, and this is after they'd already hooked up or whatever, and she's now in love with him. Mm-hmm. She is uh, treating him for his injuries and being a little rough with him, and she's like, "Oh my god, don't ever leave me, ever." Good, because I find you. And then she does the laugh, and I can't do it. We just have to play it here. Let's play it. <laughs> I'd find you. Her eyes there. Oh, she's she's so good.
1: She sells it for sure.
0: <laughs> and there, in the extended version, it's even more.
1: Yes. There's a bit more to that scene.
0: A lot more to that scene. Yeah. Wow. If you've never seen that version, you should go check it out. I no, did find out she had a body double, though.
1: She did have a body double. Yes. I thought so.
0: She's definitely nude and a lot more things that they show in the theater. But none of it is her.
1: Yes. I'll mention one of my HMs here. It's in this scene Mm -hmm. when Gloria is treating Jeremy's wound, which is quite severe, right? He's got a big gaping wound. It's on his knee or thigh. Yeah. But it is like wide open. It looks painful. She takes rubbing alcohol and just douses the wound in the rubbing alcohol, (laughs) which I identify with. That's what I do. If I get a cut, I immediately pour rubbing alcohol on it, for better or for worse.
0: (laughs) And you've done that to me as well.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, well, listen, this is going to hurt, but it's for the good.
0: Oh, that's what happened when I hit my toenail on your shoe.
1: Yes. And what happened?
0: It healed. It
1: healed. It did not get infected, and... The toenail is still there to this day. That is true. Yeah.
0: Have we told this story? No. Well, he had been out of town for a week for work.
1: It was at my old job, so I can say that job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was staying with my mom during that week because I don't like being alone. And when he got to the house and I went to greet him, and I was excited, so Very I would, excited. like ran to jump and hug him. And I was barefoot and he had on, I think you had boots on me.
1: Yes, I had on my boots. And
0: I ran my big toe right into his boot.
1: <sighs> yes. And
0: my toe immediately, I was like,
1: huh! I mean, but you we, ripped your toenail off the whole thing.
0: But it didn't like come off right there. It just, it just started like bleeding. pulled up
1: and was bleeding underneath.
0: Yes. And I've never done that before. No. And I will say, though, that I kept kissing you and everything for a minute, and then we looked at the toe. Yes. I could feel it throbbing, though.
1: Right, because I could feel you kick me, essentially, is what happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was. I kicked you.
1: But I was worried about it as soon as it happened. And then we looked down, and the worry was warranted.
0: Yeah. And then we went. We were in the bathroom at my mom's house, and my (laughs) mom. My mom was on one side and Pete was on the other. My mom's holding my hand as Pete is like pouring water over my foot and then pouring out. Did you do alcohol or peroxide?
1: Um, I probably did peroxide first, which is probably good and or bad. I'm not sure, but. I did finish with rubbing alcohol.
0: And then you pushed.
1: I did push the nail the down. down,
0: the nail yes. down. And I, I was like, listen, I've never had kids and I don't plan on it. But th- I'm like, this may be the closest <laughs> it's ever like to me giving birth. And my mom's right. like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> my, my two people, <laughs> my mom and my husband.
1: Right. Because one thing you do not like is pain.
0: Well, I mean, who does? Well, I guess some people do.
1: I mean, like, listen, I don't mind pain if it has to happen. I don't enjoy pain, but you are very pain adverse.
0: You're like that's abnormal.
1: No, I'm not saying that's abnormal at all. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I don't. I don't like pain. It's no. true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I felt really bad to have to do that to you. <laughs> Mostly.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway.
1: All right. So now for our HMs, we have quite a few. So let's let's bunch these up a little bit. I'm going to start. I'm going to go with Jeremy. During the football scene, you kind of mentioned the aftermath of this, but the lead-in to it was Jeremy trying to position his team so he could win, or so they could win. But he's calling an audible, and then this scene happens.
0: Blue, 17! Red, 7!
1: Oh, you're going to cover me.
0: Like white on rice.
1: All right, I like my odds here. I'm going to give you a little warning. I'm going downtown.
0: Hot route, Red, 7!
1: Red, 7! Red, 7! John! What? Red, 7! I don't know what Red, 7 means. Hot route. I don't. What is Hot Route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? And, and John just has no idea what he's talking about. And Jeremy is basically Peyton
0: Manning. <laughs> he's so angry, <laughs> He's Dan. so
1: angry with him. I just love it. It cracks me up. He's like, Red 7, Red 7! <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, the balloon animal scene, where Jeremy's making balloon animals. And you got this, for lack of a better term, annoying little kid. That says,
0: make me a bicycle clown.
1: Another line that you say all the time.
0: (laughs) Say it, say it. (laughs) Make me a bicycle clown. But then my favorite though is because they keep having a a back and forth, the two of them. And then the kid's like, shut your mouth, funny guy, and make it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just love it so much. Because sometimes I'll say, make me a bicycle clown. And then you will immediately follow it up with shut your mouth, funny guy, and make
0: it. (laughs) I know. And Vince is all like. I'll make you a bicycle, but I don't have to cheat. That's when he's like, (laughs) shut your mouth, funny guy. Make it. And he's all just trying to impress Gloria.
1: He is. And it works.
0: (laughs) All right. My first HM, which is really a favorite moment. But listen, the lines are blurred here. Yes, they are. Chaz Reinhold. All of it. The whole scene from when John shows up at the house and the mom comes and answers the door and you've got like Betty Boop cartoons on and it's just like this strange house. And after the mom lets him in and she yells for Chaz and then she's like, pick up your f***ing skateboard. It's the best. It is. and is. She's got like rollers in her hair yeah. and stuff. And Chaz shows up, Will Ferrell, you know, in his robe.
1: Well, it's like this shadowy figure comes down yes. the stairs in this silk robe.
0: And then, of course, of course. And they've been talking about Chaz throughout the movie anyway. Like he's this god. Yeah, he's this famous. Wedding crasher god. And, you know, to finally meet him and for it to be Will Ferrell, like at his prime. <laughs> he's like, You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? <laughs> but, then, but then like they go back and you know at first john's like no i'm fine i don't need it but then like after they talk a little more and then john's like you
1: know what i will have some meatloaf let's have some
0: meatloaf you want some <laughs> and then he's just like hey mom the meatloaf we want it now the meatloaf what is she doing i never know what she's doing
1: back there <laughs> what's she doing in there i love it i never know what I she's never doing in know there what
0: she's doing back there <laughs> and Also, though, when he's like, you just live in the dream and he does thing with his arms. I wish you could see me right now. I can see you. Well, yeah, you can because you're sitting across from me. (laughs) They can't see me.
1: You all are not lucky enough to see her right now. (laughs) Not like me.
0: (laughs) All of that meeting Chaz is just hilarious. It takes a weird turn. It does. With Chaz. But still, it's like because we find out that he's now crashing funerals and he's doing this thing where he's like comforting grieving people. But then he's like looking at John. He's like, hey, and he's like, uh," "Like he's like, I'm scoring right here. Yeah. Like as if the girl wouldn't notice that he was doing that. Right. So that part's a little annoying to me, but it's fine. But they do show a little more of that in the extended one, too that i just saw for the first time the other day yeah i was like what
1: it's a bit much
0: (laughs) (laughs) also though it's rare in this movie but there are some sweet moments between claire and john right so i love of course when they first meet at the wedding and john says the quote true love is your soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another And then, of course, she uses that again in her speech when she needs to stop being a jerk and say something sweet. Right. Um, So why not talk about true love? And she remembers the great quote that John just gave her. And then, of course, when they go to the beach and summertime is playing as they're riding bikes and they go down and they're sitting on the beach and they're playing that fun, like, hand-slapping game that everybody loves. right? And, of course, they kiss. And then at night when they're both, like, in their bedrooms... And of course, they're, they're thinking pensively about each other. And Sparks by Coldplay is playing. Which is one of my favorite songs, anyway. and it's like as they're like tiptoeing down the hallway, you know, thinking about going to each other's room and they both do it. And neither of them actually follow through.
1: Yeah, both are very close to the same door. He almost opens it. She almost knocks on it.
0: Yeah. But so there are some really, you know, sweet moments that almost make it a romantic comedy. Almost. Almost. Balanced out by some good old fashioned tying someone to a bed. Yes. Some comedy. That Isla does. Or (laughs) Isla. Keep calling them by their real names. That Gloria does to Jeremy.
1: Right. All right. My next HM. Vince slash Jeremy grabbing everything with his bare hands. Scrambled eggs. Bacon, ice for your drinks. Nothing is safe. He is going to hands everything.
0: It's so funny.
1: <laughs> I've never noticed it until this last oh, viewing.
0: I have always noticed it. But like that whole conversation, because Jeremy wants to leave and John's trying to convince him to stay. And then finally he's just like, I'll stay, but I don't want to talk about it as he's grabbing scrambled eggs with his bare hands. And then, of course, I love how he goes and he he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to eat with you. You know, and he goes off and he sits at the bar yeah. with his back to him. But then John's like, can
1: I tell you something? Are you getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big
0: guy. And then he's like with a full mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene is so great.
1: It's so good.
0: All right. So I still have quite a few and I think you only have one left. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to roll through some of mine. One of my favorites. And I'm so sorry. It's not very ladylike of me, but some of these crack me up. (laughs) So after John's encounter with Kitty Cat. With uh, Claire's mom in the yes. bedroom, and John is telling Jeremy about it. Jeremy's just like, "What are you complaining about?" You know what I mean? And he's like, "Did you motorboat her?" <laughs> I'm sure we'll play that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I want I want your <laughs> rendition of it. So make sure it's legit. Give us your best rendition of the motorboat oh thing my God. because that is another thing you say all <laughs> the time.
0: You motorboating son of a bitch! You old sailor! You. Where is she? Is she still in the house? <laughs> And I love how he's like looking up, up upstairs to see if he can see her. Oh, my God. It is the best. Yes, it is. And you admitted to me the other day that you didn't realize why he ever said, you old sailor you.
1: Yeah, like I never put the two together. <laughs> I, also, I was like, why is he calling him a sailor? I just I don't think about things all the time. Yeah. Have I ever mentioned the windshield thing on here?
0: I don't know. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. So I mean,
1: I came to the realization at one point of what it meant when they called the glass in the front of your car a windshield. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, a windshield. Oh, I get <laughs> it." <laughs> just randomly.
0: Oh, you're precious. <laughs> Far too precious for this world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Also Todd, right? The brother He's in love with Miss Vaughn's character. Yeah. And he wakes him up in the middle of the night as he's already tied up because Gloria had tied him up. And he's like, I made you a painting. And then he shines his flashlight on this painting of Vince, who basically looks like Adam in the Garden of Eden.
1: Yes. He's got a leaf over his parts.
0: Yeah. And he's like, I call it celebration. It's sexual and violent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's, it's not sexual and it's not violent. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I just have to add that I've mentioned before that I went, you know, I was a big Vince Vaughn fan, and I went to his comedy show a few times. and one of the times that I saw him, Keiro O'Donnell, who plays Todd, mm-hmm. was there as a guest. And I, I had mentioned too that Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in a Christmas story, was also there.
1: Was this in Chicago?:
0: No, I saw him in Nashville and Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Where did you have the yellow shirt on?
0: That was Louisville, Kentucky, because we were in like the front row. Or was that row. this show? Yes. Ah, OK. So he shows up as his character, Todd, and he's got the painting and they reenact the scene.
1: That's incredible. Like
0: they're not in bed, I don't think. I don't think they had like a bed there, but they kind of reenacted yeah. with like the flashlight. And I'm probably not remembering it all correctly, but I remember for sure the painting being there on an easel. Yeah. And then reenacting the scene.
1: I ask about the yellow shirt because on the video for that show is a girl in a yellow shirt, which is you in the audience laughing.
0: They show me, but they edited it weird because they show me laughing after a comedian that I didn't even really like. Right. So I think they edited it just showing people laughing randomly.
1: Because you were only laughing at Vince. No, I mean,
0: there were other comedians that were there that were funny because Vince wasn't just out there the whole time. There were several comedians that performed. Okay. But anyway, that always, of course, was like extra fun because I loved Wedding Crushers so much. So to have him come out and then reenact that scene was great. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the lovely, lovely grandma who was not so lovely, who's actually extremely problematic in Mm -hmm. this movie. And it's the jokes that like do not fly anymore. But she (laughs) there's one line that she says when they're like, you know, she's already said enough rude and inappropriate things and they're like take grandma to bed or whatever and then someone goes to help her and she's like i can do it myself asshole (laughs) i always either say that line or think it right in my head whenever like the time is right
1: if i'm helping you to the room i can do it myself asshole
0: right and i don't mean it like that but it's so funny There were a bunch of things like at the beginning of the movie, even where he's talking to like his secretary about how she wants to hook him up with, you know, a nice girl. And he's just going off about dating and how he's not into dating. And he's like, you know, you do the whole like ass out hug, which always made me laugh because it's so true. It is. And then, you know, then we might play a little game of just the tip. (laughs) Just for a second.
1: To see how it
0: feels. (laughs) Sorry, Bob.
1: There could be kids listening to this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: our niece and nephew probably (laughs) Um. (laughs) anyway people get it it's funny sorry moving on and then uh, there's just a, a scene in the whole wedding montage where he's dancing You know, it shows all the lines and stories that they would tell all the different women that they're meeting. And there's this one girl he's dancing with who's obviously much shorter than him. And he's a very tall person. And he's like, I feel so tiny in your arms. And she's like, how tall are you? And he's like, I'm six foot five, but I feel like I'm four feet. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> just so funny. And uh, he's so dramatic with it, you know?
1: And I really hope that was an ad lib.
0: I do, too. Because that's funny. I'm sure a lot of it was. Yeah. And then, of course, last but not least, all of the rules, the Wedding Crashers rules, there are 113 of them.
1: Can we get the highlights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not going to read all of them. And actually, I was reading through them and I was like, all of these are not said in the movie. No. But they obviously just made a list. Right. But of course, we have like rule number one, never leave a fellow crasher behind. Crashers take care of their own. Rule number two, you never use your real name. Number five, never let a girl get between you and a fellow crasher. Number six, do not sit in a corner and sulk. It draws attention in a negative way. Draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. That is used in the movie.
1: It is like smash the cake into the groom's (laughs) or bride's face.
0: Yes. (laughs) And then you have rule number seven blend in by standing out. Exactly. Same thing. Think of like Vince on the dance floor. Yes. You and I both know he's a phenomenal dancer.
1: Phenomenal dancer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> rule number 32, don't commit to a relative unless you're absolutely sure they have a pulse.
1: <laughs> Very good That's rule. When they
0: were like, we're uh, Ned's kids. Aunt Liz's brother. I forget. Apologies. Play
1: it here. We are Uncle Ned's kids. Mm-hmm. Uncle Ned. Is he Liz's brother? Mm-hmm. Uncle Ned, the brother of Aunt Liz.
0: <laughs> and they're like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> they're like, from the grave, from the yes, grave. She sends her love from the
1: grave. She sends her, <laughs> she love, sends from her love from
0: the grave. <laughs> Rule number 75 girls in hats tend to be proper and rarely give it up. Uh-oh. But then you have the scene where, <laughs> where Vince says, the proper girl in the hat, just I fuck the shit out of me. <laughs> and of course, the greatest wedding crashers rule of all, all time no excuses, play like a champion.
1: Play like a champion. It ought to be the final rule.
0: It should be. You're right. And play like a champion was a phrase that was used in Rudy. Which Vince Vaughn is also in.
1: Is he in that? Yes. Oh, wow. It's I've seen Rudy. one of his Rudy. first
0: roles, I believe. Ah,
1: I don't remember him in that. Is he Rudy?
0: No. I'm just kidding. I know Rudy. he's not Rudy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Sean Astin is Rudy. <laughs> yes, I
1: know it's Sean Astin.
0: But I do believe it is where Vince and John Favreau met.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Ah.
0: Fun facts. All right. I mean. So you're done. Could you lock it up already?
1: You lock it up.
0: You lock it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with Wedding Crashers.
1: That was epic. This is the longest. I'm looking at our record time right now, and it's long. Okay. You're going to have a time with this. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> it's going to be fun.
1: We'll see this episode at Christmas time <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the time no. you get done with it.
0: No, I have to get it done soon because it's wedding season, kid.
1: That's true. And rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion.
0: You're right. And what's better, Christmas or wedding season? Uh,
1: Wedding season? No, Christmases, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I just had to do the little dance that Jeremy did. Again, this would be great if it were on film. Sorry.
1: Listen, it will be eventually. (laughs) We'll see about that.
0: We'll reenact it. Yes. Okay, the movie came out in 2005. I know you weren't too pleased with the choices of songs that came out in 2005, but tell us what you came up with.
1: Yeah, this was a bit of a dark time for me musically, but there were a couple lights in that darkness. Number one. Foo Fighters, from the album In Your Honor, Best of You. Fantastic album. I love the Foo Fighters, and this song took the cake. Very good. Thank you.
0: All right, my first one is from the lovely Imogen Heap from the album Speak for Yourself. It's the song... Hide and Mm,
1: Mm,
0: Seek. First of all, it makes me think of The O.C., a very dramatic and memorable scene. Marissa shoots someone on a season finale. I won't say who. Spoiler alert. But also, I saw Imogen Heap in concert at the House of Blues and still probably one of my top five favorite shows I've ever been to. Is it? Yes. It was just such a magical musical experience.
1: Did you all call that place The Hob?
0: Uh, We did not. (laughs) Even though I spelled it out like H-O-B, all uppercase, but I never said Hob.
1: Oh, yeah. Listen, I get why you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that one was actually memorable for me because my cousin player actually met me and came to that show with us.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. He was oh, in wow. town
0: for something. That's he, fun. Yeah.
1: All right. Next for me from 50 Cent's album, The Massacre, Candy Shop. I was talking
0: to the candy shop. i went to the valley shop for
1: This is an album that I loved. I really did. It was one of my favorite albums over a two to three year span. And this was one of my favorite tracks from that album.
0: Well, there you go. There that is you go. Not one I would have expected you to pick. Now I just want to listen to it with you and see you sing along.
1: Take me to the candy shop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'll get a lot of great joy out of that.
1: Yes, you will.
0: And you will get great joy out of my next choice. One of your faves.
1: My favorite.
0: Being sarcastic here. Jack Johnson. From the album In Between Dreams, Banana Pancakes. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make your banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now.
1: Eating banana pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this song so much.
0: I love it. I know you do. It is one of my favorites. I went through a big phase of like beachy type music. Yeah. Like that whole islandy vibe, Jack Johnson, Jason Mraz, you name it. And this was one of my favorite Jack Johnson songs. It just was like a happy song for me.
1: Listen, people love Jack Johnson and the like just wasn't for me.
0: It's fine, but doesn't take away my joy.
1: I'm glad you love it. I want to make you banana pancakes. It feels like a Sunday morning kind of thing to do.
0: Let's pretend like it's the weekend now. All right. We can pretend like all the time. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around through all of this. Yes. We hope you enjoyed. Ma, the meatloaf!
1: F***! Lock it up. (laughs)
0: Lock it up. Bye. Bye.